1: And welcome to the Back Brief podcast YouTube channel. It's whatever you folks want it to be. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, again, variety show. A variety show. We should have dancers and singers, and why not just bring them all out? Um, Lifestyle enthusiasts, uh, military think influencers, influencers, whatever we want to call them now. Thought leaders. Thought leaders. You know whatever the hell that is. What, you know, that's interesting, though, because I've seen the lifestyle folks come out. There's now lifestyle brands, and there's no lifestyle brand quite as um, unique, It's a good word, unique, as the veteran lifestyle brand. Have you seen this?
0: Uh, I've seen many. Um, <laughs> you what? Know, w- 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 golly which are you referring to offhand rod i mean are we talking about like the vet bro like i wear a plate carrier in my living room while i drink coffee and watch television i have like all these guns around me like that kind of lifestyle
1: i think so um i've seen a lot of different variations on that so i it, it it feels like it started off with like the outdoorsy brand like hey i'm a special forces guy i'm a ranger uh i'm gonna sell Uh, outdoor equipment or hunting equipment and stuff like that. And it started off with being outside a lot. Then it turned into like, you know, the plate carriers. And then it turned into like tactical equipment. Then it became like no shirt plate carrier and tidy little, uh, little ranger panties with American flag on it. Now it's just all over the place.
0: And and now it's even better because now they sell you mindset. Mindset. So what is mindset? I don't know. I don't think anyone really knows. And it's great because it's like the ultimate snake oil because like you have to go and buy guns and buy a plate carrier and buy American flag ranger panties. You're selling mindset. I mean, you're, you're getting nothing but hot air. So, I mean, that's like, that's the ultimate vaporware. It's awesome. And, you know, I, I can sell you the mindset so that you can think like a special forces operator, whatever the fuck that means.
1: I don't even know. What, what does that mean? I, I, I'd love to talk about that for a second here because you- you're from a world that is quickly becoming very popular. It's, be, it's been pretty popular the last couple of years and the corporate sector, where it's like all these corporations are trying to snatch up Green Berets, trying to snatch up Navy SEALs. Um, they have no idea what a raider is, but they don't care. Um, they, they're always looking for these special operators because they want you to come in and help them understand how you- Well, it's, it's that, but also those executives and those corporate people,
0: those hedge fund guys, they want to feel like a man by being adjacent to you. So they feel like by proximity, they become tougher and they become more aggressive and they become all of these things. I'll choke you out right now, you know, all this kind of like, <laughs> you know, they, they think that being by close to you, like they feed off of that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe I could go to Afghanistan and kill someone too. Yeah, I think I could do that.
1: Have you ever been in that environment have you ever been subjected to the corporate uh dance monkey routine
0: i uh, not really know um actually uh, uh i'm just saying this is the first time i've ever worked for a corporation working uh connecting vets is owned by a, a large corporation and you go through like corporate onboarding and things like that uh, this is the first time i've ever worked for a corporation otherwise i was always i've always been kind of the Small business guy,
1: you know, shout out to uh, intercom because I've never felt like there was vet exploitation involved like they've given uh, connecting vets a lot of room to do the stories they want to do the reporters, you know, they're they're very independent very, you know, they do you guys do your thing. Um, Yeah, and I'll say more
0: so now than ever before. I mean, I've only been with the company like less than a year, but, um, you know, right now what is happening like a little bit behind the scenes, I guess, for uh, folks um, is that we've been asked to kind of slow down doing like news of the day, like 24-hour news cycle stuff and to ramp up doing long-form, more in-depth pieces, unique uh, articles that you'll only find on Connecting Vets. So. That's kind of like what the direction we're heading in right now. And I mean, it's a, it's a credit um, to the, uh, you know, the, the people behind the scenes, the corporate managers who are way above my head, um, that they want to do this because there are so many other outlets where people can go to get that 24-hour news stuff. Um, we will never be able to do that as well as others do because we're so small. Um, but what we can do is kind of leverage the talent we have Um, some of the young women who work at the company and, you know, really um, create some work uh, and break some stories
1: that no one else is doing. So I think that's probably a good niche for us. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea of slowing down um, and kind of focusing on bigger, more in-depth stories. But what's funny about this environment is kind of like you, you know, I, I didn't really I, I did corporate work but it was in a different sector technology very different world um I did get to see some of that that uh dance monkey routine stuff um and I always felt a little weird about it because like you know I'm the, uh, you know you're a veteran in the room and you're seeing somebody put into a situation where they're obviously uncomfortable they're just like uh this is kind of odd but you're expected to perform in a certain way and and you know to their credit i've seen a lot of people uh do the dance they do the shuffle but then i've also seen some folks that can't wait to shuffle they are excited to be there man they're like you know they get up in front of a group and and they've got like the little mic piece that comes out this way okay team me t- let, me, let me take you back to uh, a story, and the, I love their, uh, it's almost, I, I, I remember the Golden Girls when I, grew, when I was growing up, <laughs> right? And Estelle Getty, Ma, was my favorite, because she would be like, picture it, 1942, Sicily, or whatever, right? And I find a lot of veterans are doing that. They'll go up there, and uh, or veteran motivator, motivational speakers will go up there and like, picture it. The afghan deserts or the afghan mountains and you know the smell of the acrid smoke come wafting in from this yeah you know, all right all right I, I yeah
0: i mean this. i i feel like uh we all become like walter from the big lebowski at a certain point where like you know <laughs> his, his, his entire job his entire purpose in life is to remind everyone around him that he was in vietnam um and you see it with yeah i mean it's us. I mean, we are, are the worst offenders as veterans. Like I saw this, uh, uh, another veteran meme, of course. And it was, uh, like a woman wearing a, her face mask, like a stock photo. And she's saying something like, you know, P- wear your mask, you know, you won't do everything. You won't do everything in your power to sacrifice for our society. And then the bottom part of the meme is like a guy in camo with a rifle looking back at her with like the camo face paint on oh really, you know, and, and the guy, it's like, it's like an air softer responding to a stock photo of an Asian woman wearing a face mask. And it's like, this is how sad we have become. This is who we are now.
1: Like, come on, guy. I love that we're making memes out of stock photo versus stock photo and none of it is actually applicable. Right, right. And, you know,
0: actually, actually, this whole COVID-19 mask thing, really isn't related to your service in Iraq or Afghanistan at all. I, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, shock anyone here, but, you know, th- these two things don't really relate to one another.
1: No, I, it's funny because I had to explain that to somebody. They were like, so, um, th- 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 you know, I was asked when this whole thing kicked off and everybody looking for masks and everything, well, why don't you just wear your pro mask? I said, first of all, I have to, that means I have to break this, the 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 little can for the canister yeah yeah. and they don't like that um and it's gonna and i try to explain like those little canisters last only a certain amount of time and besides it wasn't designed to stop covid it wasn't designed to, to to keep joe's from getting the flu it was designed for joe's to stay alive long enough to accomplish whatever mission was there and then for them to die from the horrible gas or whatever you're exposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah.
0: You need to save your pro mask for like when North Korea dumps VX gas on
1: us. And, and it's only going to last long enough for me to like go somewhere comfortable to die. <laughs> like It probably won't save me. Well, it's to keep
0: you alive to fight through the CBRN environment so yep. that you can kill the enemy in savage combat. Uh, despite the fact that there's radioactive fallout and, you know, chemical weapons getting dumped on you. Look, and just embrace it, Rod. It is what it is. You
1: all just right? got to take it in. Trust your equipment. Trust your equipment. <laughs> Mil- military grade. Military grade. So I understand that you have become quite popular in the Twitter sphere. No, I'm not quite popular. Um, you are quite popular. People talk about you. You are now famous, infamous maybe? Infamous People around certain me. circles? People, People know-, know me. They know of you, which is always a plus. Um. Tell, take us into this. What's been going on in your world of, of Twitter and social media, man? <laughs> Nothing uh, too shocking. But
0: I, I thought it was really funny that I uh, I threw up this uh, this tweet the other day. Well, it was yesterday. And just seeing the some of the responses to it, pretty funny. Uh, so I don't know. How much, like, caveating should I do, Rod? Like, do you think, like, the viewers are, are familiar with the notion of woke military officers
1: on twitter like that's a thing i think they know woke and i think they know military officers so i'm gonna say that we could put it together they're gonna get it but if you want to go over it go. so
0: there is a whole genre if you will of military officers on twitter uh largely active duty uh or reservist or national guard officers who are on there pushing like progressive politics all the time like all day every day And that's fine, you know, you have a political viewpoint, that's your right to to do that. Um, But what they're trying to do is leverage their credibility as a military officer, say, hey, I served and here's what I think and this is why you should think it too. And, you know, then they, you know, attempt to mob anybody else who disagrees. It's like they've been conditioned to believe that no one is allowed to disagree with them on anything. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you're a Nazi or a misogynist or, you know, insert your buzzword here. Um, but I think what's what was interesting, or not—I I mean, ironic perhaps—about these guys and gals is that they jump on social media as active duty officers, and they're like, you know, insulting their own chain of command and it's at times their own soldiers under their command, like openly on Twitter. Um, oh but. My God. Yeah, they do this all the time and they do it without any fear of retaliation whatsoever. Like no one will touch them, I guess, because they're afraid to. Um, but I, I know through my own sources and my own journalistic work enlisted soldiers get kicked out of the army for the most benign social media posts you can imagine. Yeah. Um, I was talking to, uh, a friend and in this unit, uh, a young woman, a young soldier being kicked out of the army because she posted on uh, social media that her chain of command were a bunch of clowns. Not not like by name, just said like she posted like a picture of a clown and said, this is my chain of command. And they, they, they were chaptering her out of the army for that. And thankfully, now they're, now they're only medboarding her, which is still super fucked up, but at least she won't have a dishonorable discharge. Yeah, she get, get paid. She'll get her benefits that, that, that's and, good. and things, but that they were chaptering this young soldier out of the army because of this very benign, innocuous uh, social media post. But you will have, you know, uh, active duty officers just like openly criticizing the commander in chief. Who, okay, I don't like them either, but you're an, you're an active duty officer um, promoting all sorts of politics. Uh, using their credibility as a military officer to advance.
1: That's the post office guy. He likes to ring all the I was, bells. I was like, are, is the apocalypse happening, happening in New York first? Should I, should I prepare for the wave? No,
0: it's just when the postman comes, he likes to bang on every single doorbell in this building. That's good. Good, good for nice him. him. Um, so yeah, they, they like to use their credibility as an officer in the United States military okay. to advance a certain political agenda. But God help you if you're an enlisted soldier and, and you just say, ah, eh, I don't really like the Army. <laughs> I don't really like the people I work for. I, they'll chapter you out. They really will. Um, and I just pointed out that, you know, this happens. And uh, it was interesting to get some of the responses and some of the, like, angry, like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Jack Murphy. Uh, you, you can't say that.
1: But he can, folks. You see, Jack is out and he can do whatever the –
0: I'm he out wants, and proud. say what he there's wants nothing,
1: there's nothing I do what I want there's nothing you can do to me well, uh, wait, as 20, as, I, I see I'm, I'm still in I'm a reservist and whenever I'm on camera when I'm whenever I'm talking to folks or even my Twitter, I remember what where I stand um, I don't really I don't ever criticize I don't really criticize political leaders. Um, I, I will state my opinion. And I will say, well, I think this is a good idea, bad idea, but I've had folks ask me like, what do you really think about you know, those candidates? But I'm not going to openly criticize the president of the United States. Um, I, 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 I'm not dumb. I know where I, where I sit. Uh, I'm amazed that other officers aren't, aren't hip to the idea of like, you can have your opinions, um, but you don't have to necessarily express them openly, publicly. You don't have to, to and not every hill has to be the one you have to, to, to die on. If I felt personally that the president of the United States had made a decision that was unconstitutional, I would probably most like, I, yeah, I would. I would say something. I'm like, look, this is wrong. And this is why I think it's wrong. And I, I, we have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to say that even as an officer, like, I don't, this is bad is unconstitutional but you better bet yourself uh if i'm making that allegation if i'm making that bold allegation i better have some bold evidence to support it with (laughs) because you know it's my butt that's gonna be on the line
0: well you know when i was in the army i wasn't even on social media well i think i did i was on facebook but i mean i I didn't use it I, i i never posted anything on there um you know i probably got on there like 2008 or 2009 or something like that um but as an enlisted guy, I understood what the consequences would be, like if I posted something about work. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't even on there and I, I wouldn't, I would never even think to post something on there because, you know, I just understand like they'll crush your balls.
1: I, at least I thought they would. My, you know, and, and, and what what I saw, what I've seen happen to enlisted folks, like you said, I think it's a very different story when it comes to some of these officers. Like, um, you know, not, not necessarily comparable, but the, this lieutenant that, you know, made the, the, the joke about Nazis anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, jokes, anti-Semitic yeah. one, he made it, he actually made the joke about Jews, about the Jewish people. Um, I, that was so blatantly awful you have to say something, about you have to come out and go, okay, we're going to, we're going to beat the shit out of this guy here.
0: Well, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure he is being punished. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad um, that's not somebody who needs to be leading soldiers uh, full stop. Shut and up. By the way, I'm, I'm not saying that these guys, uh, you know, woke Twitter military folks need to be like relieved of command no. or fired. That's no. not really my point with it. Um, Although, well, arguably, oh, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not an online Karen. I'm not going to like name and shame people. I'm not going to tell you, you know, oh, that violates UCMJ. What do I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even know. Um, but I, uh, I, I just think it's interesting that there's this sort of hypocrisy there that they will come down so hard on, you know, a, you know, enlisted soldier. Uh, but if you are a officer, of a certain political persuasion, it seems like you're untouchable.
1: I I, I think that there is a certain love uh, we forget I I don't know, maybe maybe I'm I'm off kilter here, but I feel like the military in general has forgotten that it's okay to make mistakes. It, it's okay to it's okay to screw up. It's okay to like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and bash the president. All right, come here. Come here, motherfucker. You know, like you give them the knife come here you show them what they did, you show them how it's wrong, and then you you help them learn. If they well, do it again, then by all means, crush. Well, here, here's, here, here's my thing, Rod, is,
0: uh, you know, and I say this really more so as a, as a former soldier than as a, as a journalist or anything else. When I look at some of these people and I see that they take these sort of like day-to-day problems that they face at work and put it online. Mm. And it's like they're trying to shame their coworkers, and like my unit sucks, and they're this guy is trash, and that person is trash, and this and that. It's like, listen, you're just dealing with life. None of this is special. Um, the army is not punishing you personally. Uh, it is a mindless bureaucracy. It does this to everyone, and I see them, you know, trying to like socially shame soldiers sometimes that they're that are under their chain of command. Um, for things that they did. I I saw one person on Twitter who was talking about on on social media, about how a female soldier came to her and reported in confidence a sexual assault. And it's like, why the fuck are you putting this online? Like, this is completely inappropriate. Uh, This is as just as a as a leader, it's wrong. I'm sure it's against some army regulation. But again, that's not my that's not my wheelhouse. That's not what I do. Um, I'm just saying it's wrong. Uh, that is really wrong and it shouldn't be done
1: there. there I, I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. Look at the, look what's happening in Fort hood right now. Right? So, I mean, a, a, a general lost his next assignment. Uh, the whole post is under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are truths to some of these things. There are definitely problems that you have to look at coming out of Hood and go, all right, this has to get fixed for sure. Certainly. But there are also things that I feel if we don't say something, if there isn't the hanging notion that this could come out to the social media world or a whistle will be blown, um, change doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah. But ARMY's weird like that, right? Like there's no real good way to blow the whistle that I've seen uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're nuking your career and nuking your life.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like, you're venting on Twitter. You're standing up speaking truth to power on Twitter. It's like, hold on a second. Now, when you were in that meeting, when you were in that briefing, did you stand up and say, Hey, sir, that's wrong. We're not going to do that. Or did you keep your mouth shut and play the game like everyone else and then go on social media to try to gain like internet clout and make yourself seem like you're this morally virtuous person after the fact. Um, yep. Like I, I saw one person uh, complaining. What was this person complaining about? It was something about like a sharp briefing and she was mm-hmm. complaining about the male soldiers saying, Oh, what if someone files a false report against me? Like a false sexual assault report or sexual harassment report. Legit and- question. And she was, she was going off on this, like, that's what these guys are worried about. If you're doing the right thing, you don't need to be worried about that, blah, blah, blah. Like, hold on a second now. If this is how you feel, you're an officer in the United States Army. Did you stand up in that briefing and have that conversation with those soldiers? Or did you just let that fly and then you jumped on Twitter that afternoon, like, give these people a piece of my mind? tut, tap, 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 tap. It's just very, very odd to me. Uh,
1: but, but I can see the other side of that, though, because, like, the other side of that is if I do stand up and I say that in front of all these soldiers, this affects my career right there and then. Maybe it was one of those, like, a fear of speaking out in that moment, and then you gather your courage to do it later. Or maybe maybe this person molded over a little bit. Like, is it, like – I, I, I'm giving the, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it's the possible. devil's advocate here, but I've been in situations where um kind of the opposite of that, where I'm in a briefing or I'm in something and I'm like, oh, this is complete bullshit. But I'm like, before I stand on my ground here, I, I need to mull this over. And then later on, I'm like, okay, well, I kind of see where they're coming from on this. I, I'm kind of glad I didn't.
0: And, and that may have happened. And I mean, maybe they did stand up in that briefing and directly confront the issue. Um, I don't know. I wasn't there, right, right. But I, I, I certainly hope that they did. Um, even whether it was there in the moment or it was after they thought it over and, and brought those things up, because uh, I mean, it's no secret. It's it's in the press all the time. We have leadership issues in the military. Uh, we have uh, issues with um, soldier suicides. We have issues with uh, PTSD, TBI. We have a huge sexual assault issue in the military. Um, this is this is not like breaking news I'm talking about here. We all know this to be the case. And it's incumbent on leaders uh to have the moral courage to speak out. Um it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, look your commander in the face and say you're full of shit, you know, articulate yourself in an intelligent way. But when things aren't going right, when you something when something's really wrong, you need to have the moral courage to speak out and say, hey, this is wrong. And we should try to fix this. And if you can't do that, and if all you're doing is getting on the Twitter and ranting about it, then I don't think you need to be a leader. I don't think you need to be in the unit doing that.
1: I I couldn't agree more. Um, but I I, I do think there's, there's a new level of training that has to come down for, you know, social media. We have to accept that Joe's are going to be on it. Yeah. They're going to be on it. They're Mm going to use it. Um, I, and I keep seeing how we're, the, the military is always kind of slow to the draw on this. Yeah, yeah. You know, COVID-19 <laughs> hit and they were like, we need like virtual training, virtual drill. Um, I've been using Microsoft Teams for a long time, Zoom for a long time. These are all tools that if they, they didn't just spring up last year, you know, these are all things that have been around for a hot bit. And then when it came to like, how are we going to do virtual training? every branch was like how do we do this and it's like okay guys you know they're like twitter's been around forever facebook's been around forever you can do facebook messaging you can do facebook groups uh you can do uh you could tweet things out to your folks um there are ways to project information ways to connect with your people that are outside of an email and a powerpoint
0: and something that I mean, all of that comes with media literacy, which is sort of an overused term at this point, but also yeah. maturity. Um, and, you know, I had, I guess you could say the luxury of, you know, when I was on social media, and I was a little bit younger, and I was, you know, an angry veteran, I was very aggressive with people. And I had the the opportunity to kind of like have that experience and think that over and have that come to Jesus moment, like, ah, maybe, I, maybe like, it's a waste of my time and everyone else's to like jump on the internet and just fight people all day. (laughs) Like, why am I doing this to myself? That sounds Um, like fun though. No, it's not. But you know, a, uh, a private in the 82nd airborne doesn't necessarily have that sort of, um, experience of like trial and error. Um, because he's going to get his balls crushed the first time he uh, crosses the line. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. Um, and maybe the younger generation that grows up in the, that digital environment will have a better handle on it than, you know, my generation does,
1: does or did. And, and it's funny because it still boils down. The army is built around, the, the military is built around whoever fucked it up last. <laughs> yeah right like that's what it's always been built around so matt it's, so there gonna be a thousand jack murphys who are doing the right thing and and you know uh high-speed individuals and here comes a fucking rod and he's like fuck president trump sucks and like here, here, okay here comes,
0: here comes that one uh that one girl in uniform uh uh doing twerking
1: uh on the uh floor of the parade hall or yep. whatever the hell it is yep that's it that's all it takes one twerk video one rod saying president trump sucks uh fuck biden and all of a sudden it's like you know what no more facebook for anybody no twitter for everybody shut it down and which is now, not realistic yeah. which is not realistic and before you know it, we're all like sharing a spreadsheet and that's how we communicate it's it's <laughs> uh, fucking <laughs> like a sharepoint and that's how we live now um What else is going on in the world of veteran news? Um, Can you tell us a little bit about some of the stories you're working on or what what do you see happening right now?
0: Yeah, real, uh, I'm sorry to be a little opaque, I guess, about it. But, yeah, I'm working on on two stories. Um, One of them is about the military. It's about special operations. And um, I'm, I'm... at the point where this thing has become such a rabbit hole, I might split it into two articles. It's about PTSD, uh, started off about PTSD and then kind of led into the TBI issue, the traumatic brain injuries. And from the traumatic brain injuries that kind of led me into looking at uh, explosive breaching and how we explosively breach doors uh, as soft teams and what the protocols are for that. And it's been kind of disturbing. Some of the things I've been finding out um, that I'll, I'll report um, hopefully in the near future. Um, I'll I just say it, it, it appears that on this issue of TBI and PTSD that there's a bit of pseudoscience that the military uses and um, how they go about um, studying these issues and trying to deal with them. So that's- The army didn't listen to the science? Shock, um, shocking. Mm, it's, it's even worse than that because, oh, no. yeah, it, it's worse than that because you have scientists, engineers, um, people with PhDs and MDs who are putting out information that is not helping the soldier. I'll, I'll say that much okay. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, and then there's a second article I'm working on, which is not for connecting vets. Um, it's about the uh, intelligence community. It, it's actually a story about a, a CIA covert operation. And um, that should be out. That, that article is written, uh, a few final things to do. And that should be out
1: relatively soon. Sweet. Can't wait for that. Cannot wait for that. Um, I will ask you, uh, one of your fellow Green Berets,
0: Mr. Oh, what Tim. what did we do?
1: Uh, Mr. Tim Kennedy, oh yeah, was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. They are now both Austinites, and um, suggested that Joe do uh, a four-hour debate with uh, he would he would uh, uh, moderate a four-hour debate with Joe Biden and President Trump. Uh, he put that out there. So so uh, Tim puts that out there on his uh, Twitter. And almost immediately, uh, President Trump tweets right back, he'll do it. He's in. He's game. Uh, No word yet from the Biden side of the camp. Uh, What do you think about that? I mean, it sounds cool. My my first initial reaction was this sounds cool, but this is a presidential debate that would be moderated Mm -hmm. by Joe Rogan, UFC comedian. Smoking a doobie exactly like um what what are your thoughts on that
0: i i think it would be a good thing
1: um i think
0: it'd be a really good thing um because you know again you criticize joe rogan uh, as much as you like you know he's, he's a you know muscle-bound tattooed guy who likes to smoke marijuana um but i mean you also have to give credit where it's due and you know rogan will have a biologist or, or, or somebody, some smart guy, some PhD on his show and interview the guy for like four hours and really like talk in depth about some important issues. Um, now, cable television could do that kind of thing. They could put that kind of content on the air like, hey, we're going to interview uh, this physicist or we're going to interview an astronomer or we're going we're gonna to interview a biologist for four hours and we're going to put it on TV for people to learn from. But they don't do that. They, they just don't. Um, when it comes to the presidential debates, I mean, the, I, the, what can I even say? I mean, these debates are, a lot of them are horrible. They're boring. I mean, they're, they're, they're unwatchable. They're, they're not ju- it's not just they're- boring that They're boring
1: to me. I, they're not interesting. They're not asking them questions that I want to know the answers to. And, and they don't discuss
0: policy issues. There's no in-depth nonsense. Uh, there's no in-depth kind of conversation. It, it, it's just a bunch of gotcha moments or people trying to get gotcha moments um, because they want to create clips for television uh you know little shorts that they can throw out there so i mean those debates are useless i mean the, i was at an event the last uh campaign in 2016 the commanders in chief forum put on by nbc yeah, okay. you, do you remember that
1: i don't no man
0: okay well it's pretty forgettable uh so i'm not i'm not surprised <laughs> thank you for, for uh, yeah, letting me get away um, with that. it was i i got contacted by a journalist i know uh, he had friends in at NBC who were like, we're looking for veterans. We want veterans to come to this event. And it was billed as like a town hall for veterans to come to. And Donald Trump would be there and Hillary Clinton would be there. And veterans would get to ask the candidates questions that pertain to veterans' issues towards the armed forces. That sounds like a great idea to me. Like, wow, like an hour. Or an hour and a half of television where mm-hmm. veterans are asking political candidates these questions. Like, this is this is great. You know, why, why would the why would I not support this? So I went to it, and what we got was Matt Lauer talking. Like 90% of the time, it was Matt Lauer talking to Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump about whatever he wanted to talk about. Like there was like 20 minutes about Hillary Clinton in her email server. And it's like, Matt, we've already talked about this. Like people have asked her over and over and over again. She's not going to say anything new. She's not going to say, yeah, yeah, I broke the law, Matt. Like lock me up, throw me in prison. Like we know that's not going to happen. So why are, you, why are you asking her about the same stupid thing? And maybe like during the course of that entire show, like maybe like five, five or six veterans got to ask questions. And they were, it was like totally curated. They had picked out who it was going to be ahead of time. Um, and the rest of us were just there as props for NBC. So they say, Hey, we have veterans in the audience. And it was just a totally disgusting produced curated event. Like I left that thing just feeling so gross. And so, I mean, when we talk about like, Oh, the Joe Rogan podcast, is going to have the candidates on to interview them. Like, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like what comes out of that, whatever it is, is going to be more meaningful, more substantial than anything we're going to see on television, and, and, and I mean we all know that to be true. We, we you can try to deny it, but we all know that these uh, these debates on television, uh, they're not going to be like some high minded
1: intellectual commentary on the issues. So my my thing, what I like about Joe is that he sets conditions. That's the the, the biggest thing I like about his show. Is he he does set conditions, um, even though his show seems pretty like relaxed and you get he you know, he's, he's always asking you like, Hey, can you put your phone away? Can you put your phone away? Uh, Can you please stop talking over each other? One guy at a time. One guy, like when, when he does the, the shows with like Brendan Schaub and Eddie Bravo, he'll, he'll scold them. They're his friends, but he's like, Hey, 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 stop talking over each other. People hate that shit. Um, And it's great. That's what, so if they do this debate, which I'm all for, I'm with you. I'm a little concerned. I have my concerns. I'll get to that in a minute, but I think the conditions need to be, Trump, Biden, Joe, room, no phones, no assistance, no anybody. This needs to be, I I want it to be the octagon of politics. Like lock the gate, here we go, let's roll. And that's it. You don't get to get assistance from anyone. No coaching, no no like say this or the earpiece. No, 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 no. If, if the, obviously, the president is the president, he's going to have, uh, you know, his, his uh, secret service in the room. They don't count because they're not there to help him. They're there to shoot somebody. Um, but I think that's the way it should be. I, I would love to see Rogan have that conversation with both of them and to have this unafraid. And let, let America, let us all see what both of our candidates look like with what they're, what they come in with. Like, yeah,
0: I, think think that's probably why it won't happen. Um, because, you know, Biden is a traditional politician and the way these, um, you know, the debates are run. I, I don't think the party really, or either party normally wants the public to really get to know the candidate too much. Like they have little sound bites, they're on message. They want you to get that message and cut it off right there. Um, and I think having like a, a sit down, like getting to know you is kind of antithetical to how they run political campaigns. Um, however, Donald Trump is not really a traditional politician and he thrives in that kind of environment. Uh, I yep. mean, he, you can tell he, he enjoys it. He likes it. Um, and he's a showman. Uh, I don't know that Joe Biden would be
1: quite as comfortable in that kind of environment. And it takes us back to Nixon, Kennedy, doesn't it? Where you know Nixon was the experienced politician, he was the statesman, mm-hmm. he he was the guy, but here comes this you know this Kennedy with the uh, the personality. He was good on camera. He knew how to get the sound bites. Um, true, and I, I think that's why the podcast forum is the better one. On video, yes, people can say what they can. You can, but but everyone that like listen to the Kennedy. Uh, uh, Nixon thinks that Nixon won, they went on camera, camera, you know, Kennedy won the camera, the, the camera show, uh, Nixon won the audio show. This would be no different. I think we'd have both audio, the video, we could see both. We need to make our determination. But what I like about Joe is to your point I, I, about the Lauer thing. Every one of these people, every one of these reporters has skin in the game. They need access. They want to preserve their White House yeah. press com- the White House press access, their company's access. So you fuck up. ABC could be like, hey, guess what, ABC? No more White House access. Get the fuck out of it. Kick rocks. Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. That's one of the things I've liked about him since day one is like he's got, oh, wow. Uh, I don't have press access to the White House. Didn't have it before. Didn't need it. I don't care. He's, he's, he's going to ask the questions um, that I think would be really hard to weasel your way out of, whoever you are, like, you know, COVID, what would you have done differently? I would have done this and this and this. And you're going to have somebody there who's going to go, well, hold on. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Why does that make sense to you? Why did you do this for COVID? Why did you say, uh, why did you, you downplay it to America, yet you just had this sound clip? Jamie, bring that up, uh, where he says that one reporter uh i literally downplayed it Uh, play that clip really quick which again i think that we all needed jamie jamie's the shout out to jamie he's the backbone of the joe rogan podcast um i would love to i wouldn't know man i have to like self-produce everything i do (laughs) it's like being a (laughs) one-man band with a harmonica (laughs) in my mouth but yeah i think that'd be cool to see that but Here's my problem with the whole thing. As much as I'm I'm almost like to have a Joe Rogan Trump Biden four hour ordeal. What does it say about our country? What does it say about our media? That we have to turn to fucking Joe Rogan. Right, right. We have to we get our news from John when when John Stewart is the guy with the banner for burn pits and nine eleven fire. Right. A com- right. two comedians are the flag bearers. Are you right. kidding me? Where the fuck is the meat? Where where the fuck are the uh, the Walter Cronkites? You know, I, I know we always come back to Walter Cronkite, but Ooh. it just seems weird that we're we're turning to Joe Rogan to find truth. Well, what you're finding there, I think, is that the legacy
0: institutions in this country are failing, um, both the legacy media institutions uh, legacy, uh, governmental institutions that have been around for a long time. They're failing to do their jobs. And what is happening is that other elements are flooding into that moral void that's left behind. Um, and some of those elements are, are very sinister and some of them are, are very good. I, um, you know, people like, uh, like John Stewart, like, uh, Joe Rogan, they're, they're at heart, they're good people. They're trying to do good things. Um, so, I mean, I guess we're lucky in that, in that case. Um, there are other actors out there who try to jam themselves into that moral void who, uh, are some really sinister people. Um, you know, people who are, uh, have a sort of, they're political entrepreneurs, if you will. Mm. Um, so I think that's what, what you're seeing happening there. And, yeah, okay. I mean, there's a, there's a narrative out there that like all media is bad, and the left-wing media and the fake news, and that stuff can get overblown as well. Um, but again, you have, just like you, you were pointing out, you have to look, why is the electorate there? Why is the public there? Why are they in this position that there's so much distrust? Um, when you have all of those legacy media outlets I, w- I was commenting on, essentially all of them, except for Fox, all of them, are pushing for one political party. Now, uh, now, how can you turn around to the public and say, why don't you trust us? Well, of course they don't trust you because it's, it's become very clear that you are pushing a certain point of view and it doesn't mean that all of their reporting is fake news or bad or anything like that, but it, it's certainly not unbiased. And people see this. They see it. And I think that increasingly, you're having these media outlets that they're, they're speaking to the choir. Um, they're speaking to their own people. And they're not really
1: speaking to the country as a whole. So let me ask you, as a journalist, um, you know, putting your, your journalism hat on, I'm curious, is there such thing as unbiased news? Can news be can it ever be unbiased can we have a a news a cable news show that doesn't take sides
0: it's very difficult and i mean as long as human beings write the news i don't think you're ever gonna have completely unbiased news um people i i mean i had a conversation with a a, an old teammate the other day he's like jack you have a bias i'm like brother everybody in the world has a bias. (laughs) Like you're not, this isn't some revelation here. We all have biases. Um, But what you can do is do your utmost to try to take yourself out of it, to take your, your opinions and your, your personality, uh, maybe personality is asking too much, but to to try not to write partisan news, you can try to take yourself out of it and, and trying to write unbiased factual news is a, is a great endeavor. I don't know that we're ever gonna get completely there. And I think one of the big problems uh, that I talk to people about is, you know, everyone talks about the fake news and the bias in the news. And that's true, they're, they're, those things exist uh, to varying extents. But also part of the problem is that the consumers of news, they don't want unbiased news. They don't want factual news. They, they will tell you they will. Everyone will say yeah. that they, they want factual news. Just give me the facts. But if you look at the data, it's very clear that what people click on is not fact-based reporting. Um, they are not gravitating towards that. Um, if they were, everyone would go and read the Associated Press and they'd read Reuters. And that would be the main source of news for Americans, but it's not. Um, people want news that reflects their views um, and kind of reflects. Feel. Well, they see themselves reflected yeah. back yeah. at themselves in that type of media. Um, so, Yes, it's okay to point out, you know, the media has failed here or there. um, But I think also the public itself is is sort of driving this. We do live in a capitalistic society. And you're kind of complaining about uh, media outlets who are giving you what you want. They're giving the consumer what they want. Um, Now, that's, that's also a vicious cycle. And now you can ask yourselves questions like, you know, what is the societal fallout of that? Should there be more government subsidized news? How do we keep the bias out of that? I, I mean, these are like these are like the big questions yeah. that I think the country is going to have to, or has been grappling with the last 20 years since the internet came around and uh, will be
1: uh, <laughs> well into the future. It, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer to say the least um, to think that we're looking at entertainers now. We're ter- we have to turn to entertainers who are independently wealthy, so that they yeah. don't have that, that stake or that, that skin in the game, that they're, they can work externally from these situations. Um, this last 9-11, I, I went back and, and I watched uh, a couple of clips that I, I, I watch almost every 9-11 anniversary, um, and that's the return of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. So I think it was the first show after 9-11. And, you know, a lot of news programs came back on. And, you know, it was more or less like it was horrible what happened. Uh, everyone here, uh, hearts and, and, you know, our, our prayers and thoughts are with you. And now back to the local news. And, you know, everyone kind of went back to normal. Whereas Jon Stewart and The Daily Show, because they're not real news, they were news, but they were fun. It was, it was definitely left, left-leaning uh, comedy entertainment. had a moment of just like connecting with the audience, connecting with, with America in a way that no other politician could the way. Nobody else did. And I, it was, it was amazing. Or when he's in front of the panel and uh, you know, I think it was a congressional panel and he's like, why are all these seats empty? You know, it's that, this is the real shame. He, he, he brought that spotlight and said, nobody came for the firefighters. You're cutting their, their health benefits, you're cutting the funds to take care of their families. uh, And not one of these people showed up. uh, And yet all of these, these chairs are filled, and those aren't. And that's a problem. Now you got Joe Rogan saying, (laughs) I will moderate a presidential debate. To me, the real bummer is that it's come, it's come to this. I mean, is that
0: yeah, it speaks to the it, it speaks to the distrust of the institutions that exists in America right now, and um, I, I think it's going to get a lot worse. I don't think it's going to this isn't going to
1: turn around. And and, and this kind of goes into a discussion you and I had before about QAnon and the Boogaloo Boys and all these splinter groups. And I'll even throw BLM into this because I'm working on a, on a story that you've actually inspired me to 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 do. Um, and and you and I will be talking very shortly about these things. Oh boy. Um, Oh yeah. Um, there are all of these groups looking for folks like Jack Murphy, like Tim Kennedy, like myself, maybe not so much like me, because I don't, I'm I'm not in your guys' category, but they're looking for military folks, because you bring a lot to the table. You bring skill sets, you bring your friends, you bring knowledge that a lot of these groups want to weaponize and utilize. It feels like in that same respect, how they appeal to your distrust of the government, how they appeal to yeah. your feelings. These cable news outlets, I don't care if you're left, right, they do the same thing. They're feeding yeah. you what makes you feel good. And then you go off and you, uh, you think that what you just heard is true. In fact, it's half the truth but it made you feel a certain way. And they got you to click. They got you to buy their thing. They got you to watch their commercial that was on their channel. I, you know, I've heard uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, I've heard other folks talk about, I'm gonna create an independent news channel. And that's why I asked the question, is that even possible to create an independent news channel? Because I think you're right, it won't get the clicks. It won't get enough viewers to be um, profitable. Yeah. It's the same way that people say like, oh, I support uh, veteran entrepreneurs. Do you? Like, look around you. What did you buy from an on? Don't give me that like, well, I bought this grape jelly from a veteran at the farmer's market. Like, no, dude, don't, don't give me that nonsense. Everyone's there. To, everyone says they'll support it until it's time to do it. And then, and then they don't.
0: Yeah, I've I've had that same conversation with uh, a few wealthy people in the past where they're like we just we just need someone to create, you know, a business that just like gives you the facts like like you know, one page, you know, fact sheet a day on the news. And it's like, dude, you have the means to make that happen. Like what what are you waiting for? And it's because they're they're not going to put the skin in
1: the game because they know there's no ROI there for them. <laughs> so it's like come on, man. You know who's probably going to do exactly that? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan signs his billion dollar deal with Spotify. The guy has more money than, I think he's, my, he, he's up there with like the top wealthiest people. People like a Joe Rogan are likely to be like, hey, let's do a one page uh, web page, and all we just put it facts. Jamie, pull up those facts and that's gonna be it. Um, but then, I, you know, if, if you pull up facts, it's gonna seem skewed like, but then there's also thousands and thousands of other, uh,
0: you know, political media entrepreneurs out there who just like I'm just some guy who has a YouTube channel. Here's my take on this and that. Let, let me tell you why COVID is a hoax, and you know, let me take this little thing and blow it up into a like a huge melodrama and get everyone all spun up about it. Um, So that's, that's part of the fallout of this sort of distrust in in media institutions and institutions in general, is the sort of like fracturing, and we're all going out in like a million different directions. And, um, you know, what the the question is, like, what is society going to look like in that type of world? Like, when like these people talk about how like, we need to get unified, brother, we're never going to be unified. The only thing that can unify this country, I think is another global war. I think short of that, we will never be unified on anything ever again. Um yeah. because there's there's so there's such a diffusion of uh voices and um power structures. Uh, we're we're just all spread out all over the freaking place. Um and we're never gonna speak with any sort of unified voice. I, I think those um Uh, And there's philosophical and ideological stuff that plays into this as well. But the sort of like mass mobilization you saw in the 1960s, 1970s against uh, racism, against the Vietnam War, I don't think we'll ever see that again in this country short of some
1: sort of global conflagration. How far away are any of us from putting on a tinfoil hat and yelling about how the government is making the goddamn frogs gay? It's the (laughs) government. They're the frogs and you know, Sandy Hook and uh, tail hook and the White House. It's, I, I think we're, we're finding that the mainstream news is getting closer and closer to the furthest left and to the furthest right of insanity. Of just like, they're, everybody's kind of like at this precipice. And there's gonna be a day where they both fall over the edge. And folks like you and I are gonna be sitting here quietly trying to make sense of why the world's falling apart, or why we're told the world is falling apart, yet we look outside and things seem all right. Like, what, what are they talking about? Are the frogs really gay, dude?
0: Like- oh yeah, yeah. I mean, increasingly it feels like anyone who's sort of like moderate or in the center, um, and there's a lot more of us than, than we think, like you're, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio the, at the end of the Titanic, like holding on to the <laughs> <laughs> the floatsome and jetsome of, uh, of, the, of the Titanic uh, while the sharks are circling around and you're like, bro, how did we get here? How did this happen? Um, and, and, you know, those people at the fringes, that's sort of what they want to happen. They want normal people to just go away so that then you can have, what we're seeing is the, the normalization of political violence in the streets where it's Nazis and communists, you know, so to speak, uh, duking it out in the streets. Like they want that. They want that like American civil war. And they all, they all believe that their side is going to win. And you know, there's going to be some sort of like utopia after that. Um, it, it's just completely insane. And we're, we're just moving into an era of irrationality um something like I don't, I don't know that you would see out of the middle ages I, I was comparing it to the um anabaptists the other day uh if you ever listen to dan carlin hardcore history shout out to
1: dan carlin god i love that guy yes yeah.
0: man he did uh he did a, a show called uh i think it's called prophets of doom yeah. about the anabaptists in germany and uh yeah it's an age of irrationality uh and i think that's what
1: we're moving into I think what'll help is if we start, if Hollywood starts making movies about zombie apocalypses and about Mad Max futures, where they show a little bit more after the hero's done, you know, like, let's talk about the zombie apocalypse and, and yeah, it's going to be great shooting them all in the head and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Let's, let's talk about the poverty. Let's talk about the diseases. Let's talk about how everybody literally dies at the end of that movie. Or the yeah, Mad Max I- part where Mad Max goes home after he saves the world and he dies of a staph infection because there's no medical, <laughs> like, let's be real. I think if people saw more, conse- like the real consequences to dumb shit, people might be less apt to glorify this post-apocalyptic world right, right. where we're running around in uh, plate carriers and uh, you know a, a Hawaiian vest Hawaiian shirts there's none of these narratives ends well everyone's like civil war in the U.S. are you fucking crazy name the worst war in American history what's the one that killed everybody the civil one that's the shitty one that we it it, it sucks and that we don't we we shouldn't aspire to that we shouldn't glorify the idea or notion.
0: It, well, it's this real like fall of the Roman Empire uh, type comparison that's impossible to avoid now that you know the, the statistics are, are pretty clear, like more people have been lifted out of poverty than in the past. There is less violence in America than there was in the past. There's less gun violence than there was in the past. There's a lot of things that are going good in America actually, but we're all so comfortable in this country um, we're in such a place where our micro grievances are all given time to air out um, that we're, we're like turning inward or inward. We're turning on ourselves almost out of boredom. And, and some of that stuff on social media is a perfect uh, example of that. All these memes, the fantasizing, fetishizing of a civil war, um, you know, complaining about day-to-day workplace stuff on Twitter and making it seem like it's the end of the fucking world um that that all comes out of like uh a a super abundance uh like a capitalistic super abundance where like we have so much and we're so comfortable that we are in a place where we can complain about these things and that we can even sit back and like fantasize like man i wish i had a war to fight i wish i could pick up a rifle go shoot my neighbor right now like wouldn't that be cool Uh, like that come that comes (laughs) out of a that comes out of a place of it comes out of a place of privilege yeah, Because people who are uh, in, you know, third world countries who are struggling to
1: make men, ends meet, they're not thinking about shit like that. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I, I've i told this to countless folks. i tell this to my kids. I got teenagers and they play video games and they, you know, they there's always this idea that, that there was some type of glory, glory to the war. Uh you play Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. And I'm like, none of this in real life is that much fun. Like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> like, ask a Green Beret, would he rather be at home with his family or being out there for your 19th deployment, uh, possibly losing your friends, being in harm's way, working in an environment where the guy you're working with could potentially shoot you? Um, you don't know what, the, what some of the, the, the allegiances are of the folks that you're working with. Uh, they love their job. They do what they do when they have to do it. But I'm going to say 99.9% of them would much rather be at home with their family, having a barbecue in the back with their team, knowing that they, they've done a good job. Uh, this isn't good shit. You don't want a fucking civil war. You don't want to go out there and cheat. Because guess what? People forget... You might not be the hero of the story, like you're right? right. Like, right? like you're thinking, um, I'm gonna go uh, shoot uh, my neighbor. Your neighbor might be thinking the same, and he's a better shot than you.
0: Unlike on Twitter, where you get to pretend you're the protagonist of reality, uh, yeah, you're not. You're not cast as the hero. And I was having this conversation with another veteran um, last week, and we were talking about this this exact subject. And I, I mean, I, I was telling him at the time. I think he agreed. I was like, look, the reality of a civil war is that people like us, we're, we're going to be dead in the first year um, because we would be out front trying to do things, trying to stop things from happening or trying to protect your town or city, whatever the hell it is. Like you would be out there trying to run operations or do something about it. Like, and I've, I've seen this in, in Syria. I've seen this elsewhere. You're, you will be dead. The, the professional soldiers, you will all be dead in the first 12 months. And then that civil war will probably stretch on for another decade, and it will be a bunch of 16-year-old kids getting drafted into militias or into into the National Army and sent out there to kill each other. I mean, it's a fucking nightmare. It really is. Um, so people who think like, yeah, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to shoot the libtards with my AR-15. And then, uh, you know, we're going to live in this like white nationalist paradise. And like, I'm going to have like, you know, the perfect housewife with the big breasts and, you know, she doesn't have any tattoos and she's a virgin and all that kind of like bizarre, uh, you know, agrarian nostalgia, blood and soil nonsense. Like, man, no, that's not going to happen. You're going to be fucking dead. And your kids are going to be dead too. Your kids are also going to die. And it's to the other side,
1: fun. and to the other side of the spectrum, if you think that you're going to live in this weird society where all the wealth is equally distributed, and that you're out of your mind, uh, the police will be kind and hearted and generous and be like, "Hey, or no, guys. there won't
0: be police in that leftist <laughs> utopia. There no, will be no police.
1: It, it's, you're you're insane. You're absolutely crazy. There is no blood and soil heaven, and there is no uh, communal communist socialist utopia." there's no win here there's no win and i think that's the fucking sad part is that nobody seems to i I should say nobody it seems to me that these vocal people are convincing more and more folks that they're they might be right like right right maybe there's something to it the rational folks who are thinking nobody in their right mind would fall for this are quickly looking around going hey where did tim go where did where did joe go Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> when, you have, when you have friends and family members and former teammates, in our case, uh, as a veteran, you know, and I have former teammates who are deep into this conspiracy theory shit. Um, you know, some have even gotten into the QAnon stuff. Uh, that's super disturbing. And it seems like the, the unpopular viewpoint nowadays is to say, you know, America's pretty good, They're a pretty good country. You know, we're pretty lucky to be here. Yeah. And, you know, those problems we have. Um, you know, the, the George Floyd protests and things like this, for example, we can reform the system. Like we can actually, like if we did speak with a unified voice, we could pass legislation and we could pass new policies. We could, re, we could re- reform the justice system. We could reform police departments. Like we can fix things, but that's not sexy. Uh, the sexy thing is, you know, you got to take to the streets, man. You know, you got to go pick up a gun and shoot someone. you got to go throw a Molotov cocktail. This, this you, know, you know, we have to respond with radical action and all this kind of nonsense. And, um, you know, particularly the left, I, I think I would point out to them, they want to have this very um, violent confrontation to fight what they call fascism. They say and there are fascists out there, but they blow it up. They, they want to fight, you know, what they see as the man, any sort of symbol of fascism, The left typically loses those battles. Um, They don't have the numbers and they're not strong enough. And their version of um, urban cosmopolitanism or whatever, it's just too wishy-washy to stand up to the forces of uh, nationalism. In this case, we're talking about white nationalism. Like they're not going to win that battle. Trying to have a a battle of wills or or a physical battle in the streets, like that's just not going to work out well um and i'm horrified to see this um this clash taking place because both of those extremes seem to get much more prevalent as as everyone that you know and they will even tell you you got to pick a side whose side are you on there rod whose side are you on jack you got to pick one it's like man these this isn't good
1: (laughs) whose side are you on viewers listeners where do you fall into the spectrum of chaos um you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, both of us are naive. We're normies. We're normies. You don't understand, Jack Rod, you're you're living in a fantasy, man. You don't understand that they are out to get you and that they have a plan. If you're thinking that right now and you're upset, you might need you might be the person we're talking about. (laughs) You might need some intervention, an intervention folks. I'm Rod Rodriguez. That's Jack Murphy. Uh, Jack, where can we find out everything about you work in the government, do their research to find out how to properly take down Jack Murphy.
0: Uh, to put me in the FEMA camp, yes. uh, I'm, I'm sure they already have access to all those records. Uh, <laughs> but for for the rest of the uh, the the public that wants to uh, point and laugh at me or uh, view my sarcastic comments, um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Murphy RGR.
1: Folks, Jack Murphy, RGR, connectingvets.com. dot uh, com. You know, th- th- this is we're we're entering the next phase of the election season, um, we're entering the dark times. Um, we, we gotta get through this, we just gotta get through this. I'm gonna employ, I'm, 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 uh, not employ, uh, I'm gonna ask you guys. Ask questions, be rational, love one another, be peaceful to another. Veterans out there, uh, be kind to your civilian counterparts. They don't get it sometimes, uh, and, and just, generally good human beings uh, i'm all for joe rogan all for joe rogan let's do it baby rogan biden trump who is Battle gonna loyal. leave who's gonna leave that that octagon <laughs> um, i'm excited all right that does it for me uh, i'm rod rodriguez i will see you guys later out take care